This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool FA Cup winners Chelsea seen off on penalties again as Greek scouser Kostas Simikas steps into the limelight. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along to the post-game podcast here on Blood Red as we bring you all the reaction you need to the Reds' eighth FA Cup triumph. We'll bring you Jurgen Klopp's press conference, our resident Reds home and abroad watching on. First, let's head to Anfield South, where waiting for us is the Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool are the FA Cup winners of 2022 after the 6-5 penalty shootout win against Chelsea yet again here at Wembley this afternoon. Um, just like the Carabao Cup final, it was a goal of straw and it needed penalty, uh, penalty kicks for Liverpool to once again come out on the right side and uh, complete a domestic double. It's the first FA Cup since 2006 and Jürgen Klopp just continues to cement his Liverpool legacy. Uh, Kostas Simakas sunk the decisive penalty after Mason Mount had missed and uh, it was a tough game in all honesty. Chelsea haven't been going great guns in the league, particularly since their uh, Champions League campaign came to an end at the quarter-final stage to Real Madrid. But um, on uh, any given day they are more than a match for Liverpool and they've proven it again. Here today it's now over 400 minutes that the two teams have played against each other this season and they haven't been able to be separated and once again it was penalties that uh, came to Liverpool's aid and uh, the Reds uh, after playing their 60th game of the season have prevailed, they've added another cup to the collection that's now a League Cup and a FA Cup of course and they've still got the Champions League to come on May the 28th in Paris. Uh, as we say, it was a tough game. Both teams had chances. Luis Diaz was probably the game's outstanding player. He had an, an early one uh, just to the right there down that end, and uh, Edward Mendy made a great save. Uh, Alison Becker made a couple from Christian Pulisic, and uh, both teams uh, really went for it. In all honesty, Romelu Lukaku was uh, subdued on the day, but Chelsea had more than um, more than a threat with Pulisic, probably their best player. But uh, Liverpool just know how to get the job done in these types of games. Don't think it's uh, a very strong mental group that Jürgen Klopp has and is able to call on and they did the business after 120 minutes and their penalty shootout once again this time it's down the Chelsea end but uh, just like the Carabao Cup final at the end of February it's Liverpool have come out on top they won 6-5 and they are the FA Cup winners of 2022 Jürgen congratulations thank you if you bear with me this might take a while but Premier League Champions League Club World Cup Super Cup League Cup now FA Cup what tribute would you like to pay to this team? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I know that my team knows exactly what I what I think about them. Uh, that's the most important. Um, this is a again a trophy for the whole club, of course, for the team, but for the whole club. And we saw before the game already what it means to the people because our hotel is only pretty central. We saw them all um, partying already. Um, since this morning when we came into the stadium and looked in all the faces like um, when we went, uh, came with the bus uh, you could see what it means to the people then you um, on a pitch with the performance you saw what it means to the players so that we could make it is absolutely um, out of this world it's unbelievable it's it's massive it's game number 60 or whatever and um, in, a, in a very very intense season and, and Putting out a, a performance like this is absolutely incredible. But most important, really most important, I have to say, all respect to Chelsea. Uh, what a team! What a, a performance! Um, 
in the end, we all know penalty shootout is a lottery. That's how it is. But we did it again. We 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 work together with a with um, with a company. Two guys, my four guys. Uh, the name is Neuro Eleven. Um, they I got in contact with them a few two years ago, I think. Got aware of it and. Um, one of them is a neuroscientist. He said he can, we can train penalty shooting. Really? And I said, that sounds interesting. Come over. German guy, we met, we worked together. And this trophy is for them, obviously, as well, like the Karaboa Cup was. Um, Sadio's penalty is maybe more sure at least 50% my responsibility because I you have to let the boys do what they think they do but be with him I said you know he knows you exactly the, the goalie so do it the other way around you know, how very often in my life I realized better better to shut up but we still made it and um, yeah it means honestly it means the world to us honestly it is like this. It's massive. It's difficult. It was difficult. The first 25 minutes were the best 25 minutes we played ever against Chelsea. We played an incredible game, um, but we didn't score. And then it's clear Then Chelsea, with the quality they have, they find a way back in the game. Um, they did that. But like ups and downs in the game. Um, they had their chances. We had massive chances. Didn't use, none of us used them. And so... Penalty shootout is a logical thing, and um, doing it like this, this feels good, but gives you more a sense how hard it must be for the opponent, because it would have been extremely hard for us in that moment after 120 minutes and um, losing like this. So honestly, my, 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 my honest respect to Chelsea and what they did. It means this extraordinary quadruple push is still alive. How do they keep doing it at this stage of the season so relentlessly? I look. I said before that the quadruple thing—it's—it's it's absolutely outstanding that we that we have to or can talk about it. It's like crazy. But um, you, we sit here now. It's already twenty past nine, if my watch is right, and we play in, on Tuesday night against Southampton. So, <laughs> so I have no clue. Really, no clue in this moment who I can line up in. So, um, I think we will have to make a few changes, <laughs> and then we, we we will go there. Southampton last probably I think last home game of the season for them. Um, they don't want to lose the last home game, um, and that will be incredibly tough. So the quadruple is is on if you want, but off as well because of the situation we are in. That's how it is. But that's not important in the moment, to be honest. It's just um, that we that we won now both domestic cups. That that really is special, really special. That Trent Alexander Arnold is the youngest player ever in this in the incredible history of the Premier League. If I'm right, the first player who won all six major trophies at 23, 23, the youngest. Yes, not the old, the oldest, but the youngest. The madness. And so, so many special stories. Um, and after the game, 
I said to Thiago, if I would have known what a player you are, I would have signed you four years earlier. I said, you taught me running. I take that. Well, I didn't. That's fine. It's fine. But he could obviously already play football pretty well, but uh, he learned running in Liverpool. That's fine. Um, and um, so many special stories. Jordan Henderson, obviously, and, and these kind of things. It's, 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 really, it's really cool. James Milner. Um, at a quite advanced age, having such an impact in a, on a football team. Um, I, I could obviously now name... Like, let me say, we have to change more early, which is not cool. But I think it was my decision. It was precaution. More that, yeah, I feel something. I can carry on. I said, yeah, no. A football game is obviously not a, not a perfect um, physiotherapist. It means it rarely gets better during a game. Then, uh, then um, Welch stands with me and says, something but it's fine i think so we make a decision together so he stays on but it was clear when we don't make it in 90 minutes you have to go off and then you can bring Diogo Jota and Joel Martip in this moment that's the best situation i've ever been in as a coach to be honest that's absolutely outstanding that's why we had the chance to go for it it was difficult we we know that it was lucky we know that um but we deserved it as well, and that's really cool. Uh, Jürgen, just on Mo, I know you don't like your post-match medical diagnosis, but... Um, oh, you try it again? I'll try it again, yeah. So if you could, just anything you know about his injury and also whether Virgil's, whether, did he come off with an injury or...? Obviously, I spoke to both already after the game. Both are, are really okay. So um, all that we know is um, it's not a big thing. We, we really came through, but the next game is on Tuesday, and that's um, obviously <laughs> pretty quick. So, um, yeah, no, uh, I think they both will be fine, but not uh, maybe, maybe. We have training tomorrow morning, <laughs> so then they tell me I feel completely fine. I would be surprised, but I would take it, and then we have to go from there. Um, so we will see. Uh, Jürgen, you just said there that a football is not a physiotherapist, but is it a, a psychotherapist in that, had you lost that game, we'd all be talking about injury affecting the squad, exhaustion, but the victory must have a kind of a transformative effect now. It for- does. The best, the, best, the best physiotherapist is actually winning football games, to be honest. Um, and winning this football game is fantastic as well. I mean, Robbo had a cramp, so that's obviously normal and completely fine. I was surprised that not more players had cramps. To be honest, um, after what we had to to do tonight, um, and it's yeah, yeah. On, honestly, if, so you don't never know before you before you are in a situation, you never know exactly how how big it feels, and it feels ma- it feels massive. I cannot believe it. It feels massive. I have only one problem um, that we cannot really celebrate it because we play on Tuesday. I think how can you do that? Such a fantastic competition, such a fantastic occasion, and then you limit the celebrations okay obviously not for the people they can do what they want but for the for the team um by putting in a game on tuesday so but come on um it's like this and um yeah from here we go i have no idea um what we can do but tomorrow morning i have more i could probably get more information about that and we will see um uh, hello jorgen hi um 
Congratulations on the win. Thank Can you. Can I ask you about um, Luis Diaz's performance? He was man of the match, so I'm sure you got a few words to say on that. What a boy, what a story, what a player. But he should have scored. I think we agree. He agrees, probably. So, like, the, 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 the speed he has is insane. Eh? So, like, brought him in a... Not to forget, he played on the side with on the side of Chaloba and Reese James, um, and getting in a situation like this is absolutely unlikely. The, the, the big chance at the first half, I think it was a pass from Trent, was it? We want we can talk about his performance as well, by the way. Um, and yeah, he should have scored in that moment. With his quality, so that's how it is. But what a player! He's outstanding. He's a fantastic boy. He, <laughs> it's so funny. So we we hug each other after the game, or we always just shout "vamos" and "carajo" and whatever the few words I know in, in similar languages. And it's 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 so funny. Um, but he he gets our our football one hundred percent. We we thought we saw that at Porto. Um, but that it really is like this is 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 is, is uh, I feel lucky as well to be honest. Um, he is in a he fits like a cloth to our to our football, and that's really really special. Hi, Jürgen. Uh, congratulations, Hi. first. Thank you. Um, I was just wondering where you rank this team amongst kind of the greatest teams that you've seen um, in your time, obviously. Taking Man United's yeah. treble winning team in 99 or Arsenal's Invincibles. I was wondering where you see this team. Obviously, quadruple still on, like you said, <laughs> or off. Um, so I was just wondering where you see this team. Ah, I don't have to make these, these decisions and, and, and I don't have to judge this and I don't have to um, to think about that. Other people have to do that. I, I, I couldn't care less. I enjoy the moment with these boys. I really enjoy it. We are so incredibly close. With each other and with our with our fans, it's a it's a pure joy to be part of this of this um, club in the moment, and um, a lot to come and a lot to play for. We all know that, but for tonight, I decided I take I take that um, and just enjoy this moment and don't think about the next challenge we are facing. And um, because it's it's really special, it's really special. Imagine how you now think yourself like twenty years. Ahead, and then you look back, and you say, you will say, yeah, Jordan Henderson probably is then a pundit, or maybe not even a pundit anymore, because you always thought that makes no sense anymore. So in twenty years, and anything, yeah, he's the captain of of the only Liverpool team so far. Hopefully not the only, because maybe we can do it again, which will, will be completely ridiculous. But he was the first captain who won all four trophies. As an example, um, the Trent story, all these other stories. Um, where Virgil van Dijk was six years ago, stuff like this in his career, where he thought, where we go up, and now he, he, the player he is, all these kind of things. When we go five years back, Ibu Konate played probably in the U16 of whatever team in France. Um, and, and, and now we are here for this moment. We, we don't finish, it's just now for the moment, a little bit, a little reflection, but we don't have to decide where this team ranks. And I don't. I, I know a few players of these teams, but I cannot say how they played. But I'm pretty sure in the time they, in the time when they played, they were the best teams. Um, but meanwhile, we know so much more about 
about training. We know so much more about sports science, all these kind of things. That's why these boys are obviously much fitter than the, 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 the former generations were. Nothing to do with football talent or whatever. If the players from the past, like Rushy or Kenny, if they would have been trained like the boys are trained today, imagine that. That would have been crazy. Um, so it's all good for the moment. We don't stop here. We just take the time to enjoy it for a few minutes. Um, Jürgen, congratulations. Um, you said earlier the quad is on, it's also off. But, but do, do you get the feeling that if there is one group of players that can do it, it's this group, such is the spirit in the camp? So I'm not 100% now in the subject, but let me say it like this. I think it's uh, uh, um, City is in this moment, right, three points up. And what is it, seven goals? Seven? Six, seven? Nobody knows here. You are really interested in quadruple. Thank you very much. Yeah, so so but let me say five or six goals. So and now they win tomorrow, with all respect to West Ham. I, of course, West Ham can win against City. That's a massive game. But they win tomorrow 4-0. Then it's six points, right? Before we start at Southampton and and no, twelve goals. Huh? Yes. So um, then we have to win both our games. They have to they have to lose a game, and we have to. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's 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 silly, right? So let's just see what tomorrow happens. If they if they lose against West Ham, then I start thinking. If they if they don't, then we will. Judge that, and we'll go from there. So, um, so far this this Premier League season, the second part of it, my boys drew against Chelsea, against City, against Tottenham, and won all the other games. Okay, two to come. Obviously, we don't know what what will happen. It's in, in, in insane part of the season. It's insane second part of the season. If it's not enough in the end, we have to congratulate City, and that's how it is. And then we will, and then we go from there, and we'll try it again, and these kind of things. But we cannot. We we we, we drew twice against City, so yeah. So we didn't lose points there. We lost them somewhere else. So we have to we have to make sure that next year we drew we either we beat them or draw again against them, and then we win other more other of the other games. That's the situation. Or, but we came from a season last year. Where nobody thought, I'm 100% sure in this room, nobody thought, apart from me maybe, that we can go again like we did this year. And that we could do it is all because of the character of these players. The only reason. Because I can say whatever I want, I can motivate as much as I want. If these boys don't listen, if these boys are only a little bit distracted by whatever. Um, or, or, or get weak or soft or whatever. In this moment, you don't have a chance in this league competing with Manchester City. And um, so we will see what it means. But today is FA Cup and we won the game. And um, we obviously have the medal, a wonderful T-shirt. And um, that's enough for the moment. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Time now to hear from our resident Reds here on Post Game. First up with his debut contribution to the pod on his way out of Wembley, it's Asim. I'm so glad that Jürgen is a Red. Uh, it's Asim from here from Wembley. As I leave the stadium, you can probably hear 
the Virgil van Dijk blasting out of that car. Come on! What a win, what a team, what a club. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, where shall I start? Where shall I start? Let's rewind the clock and uh, let's go start the game. We started absolutely brilliant. We came out of the blocks and we pressed them. This is probably one of the best, best performances I've seen Liverpool play against Chelsea. In terms of, it was always a cat and mouse game where it's a 4-3-3 against a 3-4-3. And the key for me, with always, always with Chelsea is how are we going to pin back their fullbacks and make it into a flat five? And we did that. We did that. We really pressed them. We really squeezed them. And we, with Mane and Salah and Diaz, we went and squeezed their centre-backs and Trent and Robert went high. So it made them into a flat five. And we didn't let that switch to go out and they couldn't get out. And they were squeezed. And I don't know how we sort of, for 20, 30 minutes in, we didn't score. I don't know how we went ahead, but then they sort of grew into the game. And then we had a bit of a downer when Salah went off. And with Salah, how can I explain? When he goes off, when he doesn't play, not only we lose a world-class player and one of the best players in the world, but we lose, we lose, we lose some balance in the team because Jota, Mane, Diaz, I know they're more fluid, but they, they change positions. If you actually see Salah's average positions, it's a lot wider with Trent coming in into the sort of inverted space in the midfield and it allows him to pull the strings from midfield. But when he's not there, when Salah's not there, it sort of disturbs our pattern today and it's not the same. And it helped and gave Chelsea a bit of a boost. And oh, just bear with me, guys. It's an absolute roller coaster today. They really put us through the mill today. But every single minute, every single second of that is worth it. But since Chelsea grew into the game then, and you know, Chelsea's chances. They really just came in transition when they overturned the ball. And then, you know, they're normally a very, very good spawn on the high line. Uh, but we kept that quite high and we kept organised, led by Virgil van Dijk and Ibu, who was absolutely fantastic today as well. And one man who epitomised Liverpool's energy, Liverpool's mentality, monster attitude and approach is Luis Diaz, who was named the man of the match as well at the ground. But going back to the game... We, we sort of settled after uh, half-time, even though Chelsea came out to their credit and pressed us and squeezed us. They made a few adjustments and really you know, pressed us with uh, Jota struggling to get out on that uh, right-hand side. But we grew into the game and we took risks. And Thiago, who kept on breaking the lines with those whipping no-look passes. And I think we were going into the 90 minutes thinking, you know, it's deja vu again. And, but we kept... We kept that cool and in the, penalty, in the penalties, Mane, I thought Mane was, you know, he kept, he kept at it uh, during the game. His touch wasn't great at times, but, you know, he was helped with Bobby coming on and trying to get some, a bit more control and a few more triangles for Liverpool. But we made it, even though Sadio missed, Costa Simicas, the Greek scouse, he saved us today. And a special, a special a special mention and a shout out to our saviour in Alisson. What a keeper, what a man. And it makes us win two cups, two domestic cups in a season. And what now? We go to Paris and we're still hopeful for the quadruple. We will never give up. This club never gives up. These players never give up. But in terms of the league, we shall see if West Ham can do us a favour. But we go there to Saints with the same attitude as 
as we can just win our games. Well, let's see. And if it is not meant to be, it's not meant to be. We go with Paris with some boost. And let's just hope, you know, the likes of Salah and Virgil van Dijk. I don't know if what the sort of injury status is there uh, uh, with them. And I just hope um, they they fit fit enough to uh, sort of come back uh, for the Champions League final. And the same goes for Fabinho as we need him in the final. A special mention to all the team and the manager. We've got made two out of two. What a day out. What a dream that came true today. Let's go for this Paris one. Three out of three. Why not? Mike Holt from Go In The Match podcast with my review on Liverpool winning the FA Cup final on penalties against Chelsea at Wembley. Get in there. Um, what, no, no matter what happens this season, um, you know, say we go and lose the cup final in the Champions League against Real Madrid, say you know we don't quite make it on points in the league, you can't say this season's been an un- unsuccessful one as a Liverpool fan or as a part of that squad, that team or that management staff that have that have been unbelievable all season. They really have, truly have been. Um, Wembley has, you know, this season been such a fortress for us you know people bang about Anfield South it really has been like that this season and you know I've never really experienced that as a Liverpool fan at the age of 27 you know we've won the odd thing there Um, obviously prior to that it was Cardiff so I think it's been so great this season that we've been able to go there and I picked some trophies up some domestic ones and obviously you know winning today means that Klopp's won everything that he can do as a Liverpool manager um, and he's the first Liverpool manager to succeed doing that you know that fella he is Jurgen Klopp he's immortal he's immortal amongst all Liverpool fans and in the city of Liverpool of course on the red side um, but yeah what, what an amazing achievement so far this season like I say we've got another cup final in the Champions League and you know it's not done until it's done in the league you know up the hammers for tomorrow hopefully you know Mark Noble's final game they'll pull a pull a um something out of the hat for that but obviously just talking about today's game you know we took it right to the wire you know just like we did in the league cup um taking it to the penalties and that was horrible I thought Mane you know when he missed that one I thought oh that's it now you know the chance is gone but you know throughout the 120 minutes it was just identical to the league cup game there was chances for both teams it really was so even you know I think for large parts we did have great possession and great chances, but I think maybe towards the end of the 120 minutes, I think Chelsea were the the more the more on top. I think we struggled a lot. We just looked so tired, you know. I was watching it with some of the boys there and thinking, you know, some of them were saying, "Oh, we just get into the second half of their pitch," but we couldn't even do that because we were just absolutely exhausted. You know, looking at Thiago and Henderson, they'd been running to the ground. Um, you know, obviously we picked up a few injuries there with Salah and Van Dijk. Um, I haven't heard nothing on them yet and fingers crossed it isn't anything too bad and they'll be there for the Champions League final with Fabinho coming back as well. But, you know, those lads just ran everything into the ground for them today and it's just great winning trophies. You know, this is what, what it's all about, picking the silverware up. I want to see these lads saying in years to come that this is why they came to Liverpool to lift trophies and... This manager, you know, he's just... The, the words. I haven't got the words for him anymore. I really haven't. Um, it just hits home when you when you hear at the end on the commentary saying that he's won everything he can, you know, for Liverpool. You know, we, we, we're so lucky to have this man and, and this team. And 
I'm not going to go and dive in into all the specifics of the game today. It's just, I'm just so delighted that, that that we've won it, and you know, it's just riding this wave, this crest of a wave of 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 form and being being glorious. I think's the word to sort of sum it up, and um, it's just amazing. And like I say, we'll watch, we'll watch, you know, with a with a fond eye tomorrow with West Ham playing Man City, but. You've just got to celebrate this team, this club, being what they are. Hello, Alex Watts, sometimes from the Did It Cross the Line podcast. Uh, Somehow, we've done it again. (laughs) Um, Another cup final, another dramatic win, a penalty shootout, another trophy in this incredible season. Um, Our first FA Cup win since 2006, which still seems mad. We were well overdue for this squad to win this trophy. Um, And now I think we've won every cup under Klopp, and rightly so. Any chance we could win a cup final in normal time, though, please? Because neither side wanted extra time. We certainly didn't want another penalty shootout in a final. It's too much stress, but... The players held their nerve and at least it wasn't quite as dramatic as the League Cup final shootout. Um, Kostas Simakas, who'll definitely never sleep again now after that. Um, Love the Greek Scouser. What a madman. I need a print or something of that image of him on Adrian's shoulders celebrating in front of the Liverpool fans at the end. Loved that so much. Um, So glad that Sadio Mane's miss didn't affect things because he was great today and he doesn't deserve that. Uh, So happy to see Thiago score his penalty, be such a big part of the performance today after obviously ended up missing the last final due to that injury in the warm-up. But just encapsulates, you know, this is such a special squad and you can see how much this means to every player. Um, Simakas, obviously the man who comes on, ends up scoring the winning penalty, which kind of encapsulates that as well. This is a real squad now, and every member of it matters so much and contributes to these performances so much. Um, and yeah, what a season this has been. You know, we've won two trophies now. We've got the chance to win two more. Whether we do or not, we'd have taken that at the start of the season, wouldn't we? And the final itself, so... It was a weird one, I thought. You know, as ever, Liverpool against Chelsea is a wild occasion in my house anyway, being married to a Chelsea fan. Although I think she's secretly more of a top red now. She didn't seem that devastated by the result this time. But yeah, it was a strange game in the sense that it was very closely contested. Really compelling to watch in normal time in a lot of ways, but also quite flat in a way as well because of how knackered a lot of these players clearly are. But... At the same time, after the first half, I think you were wondering how on earth it was still nil-nil because both sides had so many chances. Second half as well, to be fair, you know, the amount of chances from both sides, which seemed to just whiz past just barely wide of the post, was wild. We hit the post twice late on as well, so there was definitely drama there, but it was a tired drama, if you like. And Liverpool have played so many matches this season that it's not a huge surprise to see how fatigued we were looking, but this was definitely not a fun watch in extra time because of that, and that's definitely a bit of a worry with you know the extra league games, the Champions League final to come, 
to add to that, Mo Salah going off is the last thing we wanted to see. Hopefully that was just a twinge he felt. It looked like his groin, but hopefully it's just a minor pain and a precaution since he walked off, didn't look in too much distress. Yeah, we had Allison go down briefly at 1.2 after he got booted um, below the belt, it looked like. Um, not players you want to see picking up knocks two weeks before a Champions League final against Real Madrid. We're already missing Fabinho, hoping he'll make it back for then. Van Dijk went off at the end of normal time as well. Again, hopefully just managing the minutes from Klopp and from what Virgil said after the game, it seems like it was a precaution, but a bit worrying. Um, and I hope the number of games aren't catching up with us when we're so close to the big one in a couple of weeks. Um, but also, we didn't want to lose Mo Salah for a final of this magnitude, and that did have an effect, but... You'd assume these players are being told to come off if they feel the slightest knock and not risk it ahead of that big final at the end of the month. Um, and obviously we're fortunate now that we do have five such good forward options to choose from. So Jota can come on, Bobby came on, both did the business in the shootout. Um, and then same with when Van Dijk went off. You know, you see with Matty Canate that we have a hell of a duo there when Verge can't play. So... Again, so many members of the squad contributing today. Great to see them all lifting the trophy at the end of it, even if they did drop the lid along the way, which was hilarious. Um, but yeah, that is number two of a potential four, probably three. Let's be honest, it does feel like the league is beyond our grasp now, although I will obviously foolishly get my hopes up again ahead of their game against West Ham tomorrow. But yeah, another cup won this season for... Everyone's favourite football club, apparently, you know, according to Pep Guardiola and Thomas Tuckle. Anyway, which is weird because a lot of those fans didn't seem too fond of us after we booed the anthem today. But hey, what do I know? I've only supported this team my whole life. Um, but yeah, we've got another final to look forward to in a couple of weeks. We've got two more league games yet. Who knows what will happen there? But for now, let's enjoy this one. Yet another trophy win under Jürgen. Crack on one kiss by Dua Lipa and keep on celebrating. Cheers. Up the Reds. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. I don't have too much to share today other than my own little version of Rudyard Kipling's translation of the Greek national anthem. And it goes like this. We knew thee of old, O oh, now divinely restored, By the lights of thine eyes And the glimmer of thy sword. From the graves of our slain Shall thy valour prevail As we greet thee again. Hail, Costas! Hail! Steve Dawson on Liverpool's big FA Cup win. Such a great night. Watch this one at home in Singapore. Couldn't get to Wembley, sadly, but I'm sure everyone there had and are still having a great party and everyone deserves it. What a what a night. You, you've got a feel for Chelsea, haven't you? Two lots of 120 minutes and then losing on penalty shootouts. But... Even knowing that, I did not want to lose this as the as the penalties were being taken. I desperately wanted us to get this. All the talk, all the media talk about the quadruple, which we've never really been a part of in terms of talking about it. 
publicly. Jurgen and the players are, have pretty much stayed away from that. They've done a great job in doing so. It's something you have to do. But if you know, if if things turned bad, and all we got out of this season was the Carabao Cup, talk of the quadruple would would make the whole thing seem like a failure of a season. Which, you know, technically it it would be, I suppose, even given the tremendous season we've had. But now I think that puts us in a position where it's a memorable season. We've won the domestic cups, um, and it's it's a it's a satisfactory season. There's the Champions League to come and the small hope, perhaps, that somebody can help us out with um, the odd miracle in the league. But it's it's a superb effort and uh, great, great delight. Um, let's start with the with the starting eleven. I think Konate in for Joel Matip was probably the right decision against Chelsea. Uh, stuff happened today, didn't it? We've got Virgil van Dijk going off with a problem behind his knee, he says, but he's he's fairly uh, positive about it not being something that will affect him. Well, he didn't mention specifics, but it didn't seem as if this is something that would keep him out uh, from the big game coming up in Paris. Um, we saw Konate play 120 minutes, so I very much doubt he's going to play in the next Premier League game. I doubt also that we'll see Virgil play in the next Premier League game as a result of the injury that he seems to have. So I think that'll mean Joe Gomez comes back and Joel Matip uh, takes his place. Matip could easily get the start in the Champions League final. I thought he was superb when he came on. He's just so calm. And and Virgil, by the way, just managed Lukaku and, and everybody else with such class he just positions his body in such a way that he makes it almost impossible to circumvent him and the, the space that he occupies you just can't get that ball around him he's just such a genius of a defender he understands spaces and the space around him so well and um there just there just wasn't really much hope for chelsea i think with the array of defenders that we had in that central position today, and that's without Joe Gomez. Um, some substitutions, I think, that we made today, well worthy of discussion. Um, the first one was Mo, and, and what I noticed about that was, and I hope everyone takes this right the way, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced Mo's injured, and I'm not suggesting that he's not. But when you contrast... Mo's emotions and the you know the the tragedy that I think we all felt when he came off in the Champions League final against Madrid after he'd hurt his shoulder. I mean he was it was virtually in tears as I recall, and yet he seemed very happy to say, "Yeah, that that's it for me today. Um, I'm I'm coming off." And I think all that really says, and it says quite a lot, but all that really says is the level of priority that this club is rightly putting on the Champions League. I think there are many Liverpool fans around the world and particularly in and around Liverpool who feel that the Premier League is the number one priority every season and, and certainly up until the point where we won it recently because we've gone such a long time without winning. But I am utterly convinced that the owners of the club, the manager... And the players, whether they're English players or overseas players, but particularly the overseas players, feel that the Champions League is the number one focus. And I think 
an enormous part of Mo coming off today. Not so much him coming off, because, you know, if you've played football and you've had a groin strain, you know that you can't really continue. But the the manner in which he came off and the how easily he accepted the decision to come off, a decision that I think he made himself, was all about saving himself for the Champions League because that is the number one priority far and away um, in excess of any priorities that might be uh, put down for the FA Cup. So I think that was an interesting one to start with. Um, Virgil coming off uh, at the end of 90 minutes for Joel. Well, we've got the answer to that now. Um, a pain behind the knee is what Virgil said in a post-match interview. He he didn't seem quite as upbeat as the rest of the players on the field, which is understandable because the adrenaline perhaps had fallen away. Um, let's hope it is not such bad news. He seemed relatively optimistic, uh, I must say. Another substitution that really caught my eye was James Milner coming on for Naby Keita. I saw Ian Doyle tweet shortly after that, that or, or before it actually, that he, that he was aware that um, Millie was coming on, but who was he going to take off? And that was exactly how I felt. Um, I I thought the midfield were doing well. And, I, and bringing Naby Keita off, who's got lots of energy, is our, is when we play in that formation with Henderson in the six is our most advanced player of the three in midfield. The one that's most likely to get forward, have a shot on goal, even more so than Thiago, I think. So to take him off for James Milner, who's usually there to shore things up in the dying minutes at this stage of his career, I think was a very odd decision. Having said that, Milner played exceptionally well. That's the best I've seen him play for a long time. He had heaps of energy of course I suppose you've got to say that's in comparison to the players around him who many of whom have been on the field for a very long time but uh, I thought he had an excellent game and and once again this is why Jurgen Klopp is the manager of Liverpool and I am not last thing I want to say is that it's getting to the point now where it's starting to get a little bit tiresome Um, people no longer criticise Trent Alexander-Arnold for his defence but they still um, send out the phrase that you know people often see defence as Trent's weakness however that was a super tackle etc etc I mean the reason they're saying this so often is because he's playing very well defensively recently he had a super outing uh, in a game that I, I, I didn't appear on the podcast at I can't remember which game it was, forgive me, but I, I thought that was the best. I tweeted that that was the best defensive game that I think I've seen him play. And he was very, very good again today. He's very strong in defence. Um, it's something that's taken a little while for me to acknowledge, but it's there for all to see now. Um, I know traditionally Liverpool fans aren't that bothered about England, but he's got to be in the England lineup. The World Cup is at the end of this calendar year. And it would be criminal if he wasn't in the starting lineup at right back, the position he favours. Um, and he's so invaluable to Liverpool. And thank goodness his health is in good shape. And we've got big, big games to come. A um, couple more league games. Let's keep our fingers crossed, not just for the Liverpool games, but Manchester City's opponents as well. And I'll see you in Paris, everyone. At Galasahi on Twitter, G U L A S A H I.
Steve Dawson with the final take here on Post Games. The Reds revel in FA Cup success to add to the Carabao Cup. So as Klopp's Kings gear up for Paris, they've conquered all the domestic cup competitions. Are they ever going to stop? You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.